Hey, what's going on, you guys? This is episode seven of the Navi Design Podcast. And in this episode, I sit down with one of my good friends, Abe Jin, who is uh, the founder of Jin Consulting, uh, a consulting firm that deals with business growth strategy and digital marketing. And this episode, we talk about the power of clarity. Uh, there's tons of little gold nuggets uh, found throughout the podcast. I would say for anyone who is really trying to make the most out of 2020 and is desiring a greater sense of clarity uh, to their life and their business or whatever they're doing, uh, this is definitely a great resource. Check it out. What's going on, you guys? This is Andy Un, and this is episode seven of the Nobby Design Podcast. And today's podcast is unique and special for several reasons. Uh, number one, uh, this is the first Zoom uh, conversation or online virtual recording that I've done via podcast. Uh, and number two, I actually have one of my closest friends, Abraham Jin. How you doing? <laughs> so uh, right now, uh, my brother Abe, who uh, currently resides in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, Abe and I have been friends uh, really since 2011. And uh, one of my closest friends in the whole wide world, uh, I think we've, we've been able to have uh, kind of a depth of a myriad of experiences with each other. So I'm really just kind of personally excited for this podcast um, for myself. Uh, but I wanted to go ahead and just kind of let Abe share a little bit about himself, maybe a little bit about his journey and uh, a bit of what he's doing today. So Abe, take it away, bro. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, it's it's funny. I've always felt like um, I uh, had this vision of being in the medical field or some type of health field. And I really pursued uh, in, in college, uh, kind of like a pre-med kind of general science degree uh, in preparation for uh, my health field practice. And what, what ended up happening was um, <clears throat> the Lord really kind of called me to really give that up and put a pause to that. Mm. And um, I already was accepted to a chiropractic school that I wanted to go to. I was thinking chiropractic plus maybe even like um, even acupuncture, that kind of route. And I had, I had this own vision of like, you know, working for three days and, and then being able to serve the Lord, maybe in like more like professional ministry for three days and kind of created my own plans. And I said, God, would you just stamp it with your approval? And <laughs> I just kind of went for it. And what wow. the reality was, I, I didn't really invite him into the process. And uh, what was funny was that Lord just, he's so kind. Uh, he, he called me to, to give that up and to start to help others uh, on campus ministries. And um, I, I got into a lot of different nonprofits, served in ministry a lot as well, um, <clears throat> went into engaging many different cultures. And when it comes to culture and, and when it comes to uh, just faith, I feel like it's just been a big part as coming from an immigrant family. Um, I always felt like I lived in two different worlds. Uh, my, my first job, if you can imagine, was if you imagine um, is like a P harvesting combine i was driving that five miles per hour and uh, most of my friends were all uh you know hicks and um they were either working the farms or they had their own farm and they are all hunters and it wow. was just a total different uh culture in regards to living that but i say i talk about culture and saying that i've i've lived in many different cultures i, I was able to 
um, go into Korea as well as uh, the Middle East for a little bit, um, doing different nonprofit mission work as well. And uh, it's, it led me back into Kansas City where I got introduced to a global leadership firm um, yeah. called John Worldwide. And yep. uh, that really allowed me to in- take all the things I love about culture, talk about even training and development of people and really then take it into the corporate world and be able to apply that both for individual teams and organizations. Um, quickly, as I started to engage that, I realized how important it was to build your personal brand because as you are helping with management execution as well as leadership development, people are going to uh, look at your brand. And yeah. that's what, like, through the pain points of just trying to find leads and opportunities, I realized that LinkedIn was a big space to really build your brand. Especially wow. on the social media, out of all the spaces, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, uh, and then um, LinkedIn. Yeah. When it comes to business to business relationship, LinkedIn is the space. Wow. And so I started to crack the code of that, and I was able to even um, build a brand, and actually even got to the point where I was able to uh, seal kind of conversations and appointments. I, I was able to build up to like maybe 120 appointments per month for two months straight. Oh my God. I was like, this is crazy. I, I'm an introvert. I'm, I, I find energy by myself, but I was just pushing the limits and seeing how much I could scale this Wow. and, you know, build brand, build awareness and also lead generation to the point that I realized, oh my gosh, this is such a great value, not only for myself, but this is a business opportunity for other people. Mm. And so I, I started to, to really cut my teeth into digital marketing and, and sell this product and service. Wow. to uh, the wider uh, city of Kansas City and beyond. And uh, it was funny because I, I didn't really, really uh, focus a lot of my energy in Kansas City until maybe about two years ago. And when I first started doing the campaigns for about six months, if you imagine saying hello to 12,000 CEOs and founders, uh, you end up um, getting on the map of people's uh, view. Wow. And so they named me um, in 2018 uh, Top Social Media Influencer. Wow. One of the top 50. And then recently in 2020, they, they, they named us as the top 10 LinkedIn um, marketers. Wow. And so that's just a fun little thing. Uh, I personally have not had much training in marketing. It was something <laughs> of a journey of self-awareness, actually. And yeah. I realized that this is an area that I need to focus on. And I just drilled deep into that. And so now uh, what I do is beyond just the people systems that I actually consult and with giant, I also do strategic planning and then digital marketing for organizations. Wow. All right. So if you didn't catch the last eight minutes of that, that was a, a mouthful of a journey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. me, me being Abe's good friend, I, I guess I'll just kind of quickly kind of summarize if, if I mean, it's it's incredible just the diversity of experience that that Abe has but I mean really Abe's journey began you know really right out of high school and into college wanting to go into the medical field more of the chiropractic route mm-hmm. from there feels a calling from God to go into what we would call full-time vocational Christian ministry and then from there his life kind of takes another turn into the world of global nonprofit missions where he would find himself in South Korea eventually in the Middle East and then from there, scale or circling back to the United States in Kansas City, uh, where he would get plugged into a global leadership consultancy called Giant Worldwide. And then from there, he builds out or ends up entering into the world of digital marketing 
via LinkedIn, where he is now considered one of the top 10 uh, LinkedIn marketers in the city of Kansas City. And really what Abe does today is um, Gin Consulting, which is kind of his own private brand, which is uh, very much, I would personally say, is kind of a holistic one-stop shop. Um, can you tell us a little bit, Abe, uh, about Gin Consulting and yeah. maybe kind of the mechanics of what you do? Yeah, we exist to really help transform businesses to impact the community. And I, you know, I still feel like I'm a, a chiropractor in a, in a different way in that I, mm. I like to bring alignment to areas that, that there really isn't, uh, there is kinks in the system. I like to bring alignment both internally and externally. Wow. And uh, we do that with kind of our mission. Our mission really is to uh, <laughs> align people's plans, activate people, and uh, amplify their reach. And so mm. the aligning the plans really is our strategic planning process. The activating the people really is the giant people systems that we install, which nowadays uh, it's not only in the, uh, the people system is not just dependent upon one person or one coach or consultant. We actually have uh, created a high tech solution where it's almost like a Netflix of leadership where people can engage on wow. that platform as well. And then the third thing really is, is the digital marketing, which is the web, SEO, paid performance, and then LinkedIn specifically. Yeah. So pretty much what you're saying is you're pretty much Iron Man that does everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, our, our team does. Yeah, we're able to engage. So depending on the situation, we see the, the gaps and we're trying to um, bring a greater robust um, alignment to their systems. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny. I mean, you know, our group of friends, we always joke with Abe that Abe's one of the smartest people that we know. And, uh, you know, if you know anything about Myers-Briggs, um, Abe is an INTJ, uh, which pretty much is one of the most highest, you know, IQ performing types out there. Um, but real quick, Abe, I mean, this is just total side note, but, you know, one thing that I've known about you um, and that I think allows you to be successful in any field that you go to is just kind of your ability to examine whatever world that you're in or the mechanics of that world and you're able to understand it very quickly and i would say probably at a rate that's you know pretty abnormal to the average person yeah could you share anything about maybe like how you've trained yourself to be able to learn things at such a quick pace yeah um that's a interesting question and I would say, yeah, definitely if I were to bring one of my superpowers, it would be taking subjectivity and bringing objectivity to it. Wow. Know? Wow. And, um, and then having ob objective then filters and paradigms to actually make sense of the subjectivity. And so wow. um, that's probably what I can do. And so I, I take what is seemingly magical and deconstruct it and make it unmagical. <laughs> Wow. And uh, blueprint it out and then and you know, put the science into it and then, uh, and then really then interpret that in light of that lens. And so I think for me, yeah, it's really about having certain frameworks of self-awareness or mm. mental paradigms and you start to make sense of it. And after a while, you'll find that these mental paradigms, there's a lot of similarities and you, you're able to add uh, new information. People think it's a total different system, but if you already have an existing system, you're able to integrate what you don't have. And so you're not learning the full thing per se, right? Wow. You're only adding a few things that are unique to that, but then you've already integrated everything else. 
And so if you're only about just memorizing just random facts without creating a system of organization, I think that when you, when you think about this new age that we live in, the digital information is just flooding the system. And if you can't organize data where it makes sense, then you're, you're going to be flooded with too much information and you're going to wow. be in an analysis paralysis. Wow. And I think that's something that you do well too, Andy. Yeah. Not only do you know how to listen to my eight minute splurge <laughs> of content, you know how to discern the, the key components and make decisions moving yes. forward. And I think that's really the, it's, so the intuitive leader tends to have, I think, an extra edge. Yeah. The ones who often have a bigger picture and often sees the world in, in paradigms and formulas and, um, you can see the matrix of the system versus being in it and just being reactionary. Wow. Um, I think the, the leaders who are able to see the matrix, see the systems that are the ecosystem of all the components that make a certain um, solution or certain um, effect are the leaders who can be able to navigate this influx of information in this world. So. No, I, I think that's so amazing. I mean, really what I hear you saying, Abe, is that, not only do you kind of take a, an engineering perspective or really kind of a design perspective approach to like what you said, things that may seem or come across as subjective to people. And by doing so, you're able to simplify it and make it more easily digestible to the average person. Uh, and I just want to comment on that quickly because, you know, I think so much of even the curriculum and the stuff that I've built at, with spiritual intelligence trying to make a subjective thing like spiritual intelligence, very real, relevant and relatable for people. You know, actually a lot of that came from my time just hanging out with you and mm -hmm. we would sharpen ideas with each other, you know, pretty much every day. And, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I just think that, um, it's, it's, it's so cool to hear what you're saying about how you're able to deconstruct things and, and, and make it, um, give systems and paradigms so that you're able to take in what would seem to be an influx of information, but to kind of simplify it in your mind. Um, I think that that's really cool. And I'm sure that that's a skill that tons of people would love to, to develop. And we might even have to do a part two podcast on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but here, here's another quick question for you, Abe. Um, like I know today we wanted to talk about um, just like the power of clarity, but before we get into that, I just had this question because um, I think people who are listening to this may be curious, but um, for you, Abe, you know, you spent a good, good amount of your time in the nonprofit, let's just call it ministry, you know, Christian sector, right? Mm -hmm. How did you find, okay, well, two questions for you. Number one, how was that transition going from the nonprofit to the for-profit world for you? And yeah. number two, my question would be, how did you see certain things translate or not translate? Uh, for yourself? I think the biggest thing for me was um, when you uh, when you go I, I say it like this when you go to a different country you have yeah. to learn the whole culture the whole language and when when you become an expat and you start to live in that country there's some aspects of even your own culture you hate yeah and some things that you really love wow and the same thing, there's even the, the country that you're living in, yeah. there's certain things that you really love, but also you really hate. Mm. And there's an aspect of awareness because you don't know what you bring in. 
and wow. expectations. And then there's some level of then there's some aspects where you start to hate aspects of yourself and wow. hate aspects of the culture that you're living in. Wow. And uh, in, in essence, for me, practically, uh, with more concrete language, like I actually, yeah. when I got out of more of the nonprofit Christian world and went into more of the profit world, it was interesting because I, I started to hate being in church, honestly. Wow. Uh, I just saw how much the divide there was in regards wow. to people who were professional ministers to those who were just everyday people. Wow. And um, I got to the point, I was like, wow, they're not reaching and they're not speaking their language. And in fact, when you're talking so Christianese to the point yes. that you're almost speaking an alien language yeah. to a regular person, it is actually not doing a service to them because it's it's almost taking the heavenly realities and saying heaven is so far away from earth, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it is our job and role. If you are a Christian minister to be a priest, which is taking heaven realities and making it very near to wow. people on the earth. Wow. And I just realized that it was so good. Unknowingly, they were actually divorcing that by the way they were speaking and mm -hmm. their Christianese language. Mm. Whereas, uh, it's just so easy to spout out language to the point that it can become just normalized and you're unconsciously confident in that reality and you don't really um, speak to the lowest common denominator. And so right. I know there's different things and different topics for different settings, but sure. I just started feeling that, that, that friction so wow. much to the point that I actually wow. had to leave certain church settings and nonprofit settings because it just was not the best place. I, I was starting to get really frustrated almost to the point of anger. Wow. And so there was a level of self, uh, uh, almost like I had to detox from that or almost like have separate like space away from it Wow. to then re-engage in a more healthier way. <laughs> wow. And so, um, and so, yeah, that's kind of an interesting journey that I had to go through. But then now, um, there's times where I still worked with a lot of nonprofit. There's times where I worked only with corporate, but now it's starting to become more corporate versus um, the nonprofit per se. So okay, okay. Now, no, that's so good, bro. And how would you say going from one world kind of into another, which very much you know you still kind of have your connections into many different worlds right now? But um, how did you notice? Or my question would be, did you notice that any of the things that you learned in one world, were they easily translatable in the other world? Or did you have to relearn some things? Like, what was that process like for you? Yeah, it, the principles are translatable, oh, but okay. the vernacular is not. I see. And so the, the medium has to change. Gotcha. And so um, just as much, you know, digital marketing used to be on the radio or right. TV. Now it's on social, right? Wow. It's the same marketing strategy, but it's a different cover. Now, right? Wow. It's wow. a different vehicle of transportation. And that's the same thing with, with the, the kingdom principles of leadership and development and just transformation. It's, it's potent, Yeah. but the vehicle and how we package it needs to be drastically transformed Wow. to meet the needs of the consumer versus trying to make them adjust to you and right. what you think is good. And so, wow. yeah. Wow. No. And I think that, that in and of itself is such a golden nugget for, um, for whoever that really applies to actually, mm -hmm. you know, um, 
That's good. Um, yeah. So with, with the work that you're doing now, by the way, um, have to give a shout out to his family because we didn't even get to talk about all the ins and outs <laughs> of his personal family, but family, tell us about your family quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, three boys, seven. Sorry about that. Oh, you're good. Uh, three boys, seven, five, and two. Um, wow. they are, um, a lot of uh, energy. I am a <laughs> part-time Lego constructor, janitor, <laughs> as well as uh, a wrestler as well. I'm not sure yes. you that. Yes. Um, but um, been married for about 10 years. Beautiful wife, Bo Yoon. Um, yes. Met her at Kansas City. And wow. um, we're going to be celebrating our 10th in May. Yeah. So. Wow. 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 It's been 10 years. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome, bro. Um, well, I wanted to shift gears a little bit. Um, you know, obviously you're one of those people that I feel like we could talk for hours and it just kind of continue to snowball and unfold. But, you know, I know one of the things that you and I talked about, Abe, was um, really kind of the power of clarity. And, you know, you and I even had some awesome preliminary discussions around this as to, you know, why clarity is uh, such a commodity, if you will. And it's such a, it's such a needed force right now um, to have clarity about our own lives and, you know, really clarity just in general. And so I wanted you to just take as much time as you wanted to kind of unpack this. Um, Why clarity? uh, And yeah, what is it that you really feel uh, around this thing called clarity? Yeah. Um, You know, I think clarity first needs to start with you. And yeah. so there needs to be a clear picture of uh, who you are, um, who you are before God, but also who you are in your natural gift sets. Mm. Um, and knowing uh, clarity between even your natural strengths and also the things that you've learned, right? Mm. Uh, you know, there's times where we are naturally good. There's times where we've been nurtured to be good at certain things. And there's certain things that we actually made choices to, to grow certain skill sets and to distinguish that. Because what we find is that people are not aware that between those three things. And as a result, they often position, so, position themselves in areas that they've learned to do versus who they really are. Wow. And as a result, they're not moving out of their strength and out of their gifting, out of life and, and wow. passion and conviction. And so I wow. think that's a big, big start, uh, first start to um, begin with, because if you don't start from yourself, then everything yeah. else becomes muddled. Um, yeah. No, and that's good. I, I, I'd like to kind of maybe dig in there a little bit. So what I hear you saying, Abe, is that the power of clarity really begins with kind of a self-awareness journey being able to really kind of assess yourself and define clarity there. Who am I? Uh, You know, what am I good at? What am I not good at? How am I wired? All of those things. Um, Is there, is there anything that you would like to say maybe even as a practical uh, application for someone who's like, man, like maybe just one or two things on how do I actually grow in my sense of self clarity? Yeah. Well, first of all, you need to meet Andy (laughs) (laughs) and you need to have him do his Jedi, (laughs) Jedi power stuff over you. (laughs) Use the force. Uh, But, but for real though, you need, everyone needs some type of process of self-awareness, whether it is quantitative, 
but quantitative assessments can only take uh, you so far. It okay. really requires a lot of more that qualitative um, you know, people testifying for who you are, yeah. as well as um, specific experts like Andy who are able to really draw out whether it's using an MBTI framework, Enneagram, there's five voices and giant, there's many different systems. My only thing is once you pick one system, don't, don't just go into like, I'm going to try to figure out every single different assessments and that in itself at the end of the day is useless. Wow. I really think it's so useless when you have wow. too much information right? because it's like, then you can't even apply it. Like you, right. you just need to have the most simplest framework That's good. of understanding yourself That's good. and then you continually use that as a filter in how you make decisions and move wow. forward. Wow. But if you have so many things in your head, you're not, it's too much data. It's too much stuff. You mm. just need to figure out one that actually is probably the most comprehensive, mm. yet also the most simplest so that you can continue to bring development and scale it into yourself and to those other around you. Because mm. ideally, if you can do that for yourself, then ideally you want to use that same simple framework to help mm. others around you. Wow. Wow. Because if they can understand what framework you're moving out of, yeah. then you're actually not having to work as hard. You're now invited people into the same level of awareness and that yeah. multiplying that awareness and making that a collective intelligence is the, is the, is when you're going to get synergy in wow. working with, with other people, whether it's wow. your team, wow. whether it's your wife, your family, your wow. kids. Wow. Um, when you just start to get too many systems, like, Oh, I'm going to be the best by taking all these different systems of assessments. And, <laughs> and it's just like, no, it's actually stupid. You're actually wasting your time and it's not effective because at the end of the day, you can't apply it wow. and you can't apply it for other people. So, okay. Okay. No, that's good. So you would really encourage people to kind of find a, a self-awareness um, assessment that really works for them and commit to it and to go really yeah. deep in that. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. What would you say Abe, would be uh, one of the outcomes or one of the major benefits that you've seen when people go on the self-awareness journey and they really start to grow and develop in that area? What are some things that you've seen happen? Yeah, like when you when you start to have a better basis of your current reality, you start to uh, see the different patterns in your life more clearly. Wow! wow. Um, you start to see the tendencies. You're you're going to be able to acknowledge that. You're going to be able to embrace it more. You're going to start to hate it, and then really start to want to change it. But you realize you can't change it by yourself. And you're realizing then you need other people, other systems to leverage to help you change the patterns of the way that you lead yourself differently. Mm. And mm. that's the, that's really, it's almost like a journey that you have to go through. But if you're like, if you have this mentality, like, you know what, I don't need to grow. I, I don't, I know everything about myself and I need to stop. Then that's when you die. Right? That's when mm. people, people start to go, uh, this person's too old to learn new tricks. Wow. Some people say that almost like, oh, I'm too old to learn new tricks kind of things. Like as if it's the good thing. Wow. I'm like, no, it's actually when you start stopping a leader, stop being influential. That's stop when you, you know, really transforming and, no one wants to be with people who stagnant. And so that's so profound what you're saying, bro. I mean, these are great rabbit holes to go down. So what I hear, what, no, what I hear you saying, right? I'm an INFP. We're the master of rabbit holes. We live in <laughs> I know. I was gonna say. <laughs> Which is one of the things that real quick, that's one of the things that's made my friendship with Abe so unique is we couldn't be more opposite in terms of our, I guess, our processing system but it's highly mm -hmm. complementarian. Would you agree with that? I agree. I agree. It's yeah. like, it's like an artist and scientist 
trying to examine the same thing and explain it to each other. Yeah. No, totally different way. <laughs> um, no, this is good. But what you said was so profound, Abe, because what you just said was, number one, people stop becoming influential. They stop, they stop having influence with others when they almost become stagnant in their own self-awareness journey. And really yeah. what you're saying is when people become too calcified in the way that they are and they no longer have a desire to grow or develop, it almost caps how far they can go. Is that what I hear you saying? Yeah. I mean, that's, you have people like in the many examples of whether musicians or athletes who go pure by their, your natural strengths. Right. And then wow. they end up stop practicing and then basically wow. they never change and grow. Right. And wow. so the, the athletes and musicians who really always see that they need to continue to nurture and grow their skill set and lead themselves differently are going to be the ones who are going to take it to the next level. And, and that also depends on how much they have quantitative, qualitative feedback to wow. give them the right information, right? If you're not getting the right data critique, then you're not going to be able to make those proper adjustments. Wow. Boom. And, you know, I'm going to ask you this, Abe, so you're a coach, so I'm going to pull on a lot of your kind of practical, you know, wisdom of, of how you've applied this with people. But let's just say someone's listening right now or whoever's listening is saying like, you know what, this resonates. I don't want to become that man. I really want to, you know, find these successive areas of breakthrough and development in my own life. Um, what, what are some things that you would say? Uh, I mean, we obviously talked about the self-assessment tools. Was, would yeah. there be anything else you would say in terms of how people who may feel stagnant in that area could maybe go to the next level? For sure. Um, I would say, do you have a, a confidant or a group of people that can give you that feedback, like that can wow. mirror the state of who you are? Um, it's even more powerful if they have some type of unified tools or a filter for, to give an assessment so that you can have some metrics uh, to give objective feedback from where you started, from where you're going, right? Wow. And so that's uh, also important to have. Um, and I think, um, you know, um, yeah, so tools, people, and, uh, and a process is very much needed for that development. Yeah. For that type of growth. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I guess kind of moving on a little bit. Is there any other area that you are thinking about in this area of clarity, you know, and, and I, I kind of preface this or, you know, set up this, this, this final part with saying like, you know, we are in 2020 and you've yeah. obviously, you know, the memes and the puns and the, you know, the, the, the taglines have been endless, um, which is, this is a year of 2020 vision. We all want it. We yeah. all want a greater sense of clarity in our life. Is there any other area, I guess, beyond, or as you said, as it begins with the self, where does that kind of lead the person? How yeah. does the clarity outgrowth go from there? You know, it's um, my, I, I always like to kind of have a framework of where you're at. Um, are you in a state of expansion? Are you a state of really developing roots and establishment? Or are you starting new things, right? And it's really important to know uh, where, where your focus is personally. Wow. wow. Um, 
if you don't have in the storyline of just organizational development, like if you don't know if you're starting up something or if you don't know if you're establishing something and if you don't know if you're expanding something, uh, it's it, it's very confusing for other people around you. And so wow. if, 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 if a group of people are able to know as a group, as a team, we are in um, a certain state of growth and mm-hmm. we can all communicate that same storyline, mm-hmm. it helps with bringing um, a, a unity in regards to what your focus is. Because if wow. someone is saying, hey, I want to start something new, and the other one's like, no, we got to just maintain what we have and go deeper, that's wow. a too conflicting type of uh, clarity, right? Wow, wow. <clears throat> it's a different motif. It's a different uh, narrative. Right, right. And so if you don't have a singular narrative of what the focus is, then that can really affect and uh, uh, make a lot of decision-making um, changes for the whole team. And so um, I think sometimes what's fun for me to do is think through what is one word to actually define the storyline of this year. Mm, and, mm. Um, and so if you feel like it is more of an establishment year, maybe your one word is roots. Like to, mm. this is a year where we're developing deep roots. What does it look Boom. like Boom. In, in the sales and the marketing or in our relationship or our customer service and whatever it may be, right? Mm. Uh, if this is like the start of new things and new beginnings, right? I don't know. Right. That Maybe that's your word for, and that could be the, the aspect of you got to start up a new thing, right? Right. So that, that could be the word that really helps focus on that. So I always like to say, hey, what is that one word in your, in your year to help navigate your, your community or your team or your family in the right direction? But it still gives a little bit of freedom within it, but at least gives them a north, right? A north point. So, This is awesome, bro. So really what you're saying is the clarity journey has to begin with yourself, right? It has to begin with kind of really identifying who you are, where you're at, and really kind of what you want. Sorry, that's a phone call. This is real life. <laughs> um, <laughs> that doesn't get edited out. Um, but really what you're saying is, is identifying who you are, where you're at, where it is that you're going for yourself. But as you're able to kind of uh, clarify that, right, whether it be through tools, processes, people, right, these are all the very practical ways that you were describing. From that place, really the, the outgrowth of that is now you're able to externalize that clarity for those around you, right? So whether yeah. if you're a leader, if you're a dad, if you are a pastor, whatever it may be, you're now able to take that clarity and to kind of give people not only a, a true north, but you're able to give them a common narrative about, hey, this is what this season right now is about. Mm-hmm. Is there anything yeah. where you would kind of add to that or... No, um, I think um, once you actually um, know a clarity, a little bit more clarity within yourself as a leader and you have yeah. a, um, a framework to understand each other within a team, then you're able to cast a vision of where you want to lead people into maybe that one word thing. Um, I, I find that there you need to then think through um, your values. I think some people are really driven by values. Some people yeah. aren't. Yeah. Um, just depending on your wiring. Typically, feelers, relational yeah. people tend to be more value driven. Yeah. Thinkers, you need to poly focus a little bit more on just really drilling down what you know why you value certain things because it's often not as important to you. So that's a little bit of a blind spot. Sure. And so, <clears throat> yeah, when it comes to values, I think it's so important to to clarify that because uh, 
what you value are the people that are the, that, that you're going to naturally hire. Uh, that's what you're going to be incentivizing and celebrating out of. Right. It's going to be what you're going to be firing people from yeah. as well. And maybe penalizing or, you know, having those, you know, conflict resolution kind of conversations. It's very important. Um, and you, uh, there's a couple ways to actually kind of drill down what your values are and okay. bringing clarity. Okay. I usually think about um, if you can name maybe one or two people in your life that you really like a okay. lot wow. and that you want to become. Wow. Typically, there's something about them that they would have maybe three or four values that are very similar. Because mm, you're almost mirroring those values upon what you like. Yeah. And wow. that's what you're either wanting to aspire to or you want to grow into or there's something resonant already about you, right? Wow. And so that's a really fun uh, exercise to do. Um, if you ha have a company, you can say, hey, well, who are the two you know, employees that are the best that are like these are the poster boy or girl in regards to your company? Yeah. Um, audit their skill set. Audit who they are at the essence of their being and you'll find – there'd be similarities of what they share together wow. and that ends up being um, something that can be drilled down into your values. And I always say, don't do more than five values because when you go beyond that, um, it's just too hard to memorize. Um, any company who has more than five values, uh, I'd say four is probably ideal. Four to five is probably where you want to stop it because people just forget it after that. Because if you want values that you can really help become like a GPS system of how you do things and move out of your essence of your being versus um, just kind of having values that are on the wall. And so uh, what I often do with that is, you know, in your life and in, in the people around you, you can just put up those four or five things. Um, and what you'll find is that the people that you really like are the ones who exhibit those four or five values. And the ones mm. that are maybe uh, teammates that you really don't like are mm. don't carry those values in your life. And mm. so what, what's, what's, what's revealed in that exercise as you just literally put an Excel sheet of different people and who they are. Um, it's, this is something that I got from um, the EOS system from traction book. Um, yeah. what's really fascinating about, uh, just this exercise is that it allows you to see the, um, the subjective things of why you like certain people and why you like to work with them into more of an mm. objective way. And mm. then you can also have objective conversations over that. Hey, mm. maybe like they suck at integrity or that's one of your highest values that you may have. Right. Sure. Well then sure. you can say, Hey, this is one of the, your, 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 weak points of your um of your character and my hope is that you'll focus on it let's make this in regards to when you say you're going to actually do this deadline make sure that you follow up with that and we're going to talk about this in 30 days if you actually get better in this area mm. and and so now you actually are giving uh performance feedback in regards to your value and so there's there's a lot of clarity conversations instead of um, having this unexpected um um desire over your employees but you're actually now clarifying that for them and they don't and even recognize able, it. they don't recognize it sometimes right they wow. don't recognize that wow. why they don't they don't like to be chosen in the team you know and now they know 
And so Dang, this applies uh, to marriage, bro. <laughs> absolutely. And these are, I mean, that's the thing right now, like my family, we have a couple of values. Ours is like faith, generosity, gratefulness, um, and obedience. And so yeah. we, we try to highlight, you know, one of these values in the month and, and really drill down into it. And yeah, so yeah. We, we got to a point when we focus on generosity, our firstborn is like, so thankful to the point was a little bit annoying. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow. thank you, daddy. Wow. And he's expecting yeah. me to say you welcome. And I'm like, <laughs> great. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome. Yeah, like, uh, but it's good because we really drilled it down. And so um, wow. now we're able to f- focus on certain culture because culture comes from your values. And so um, we're able to not do it accidentally. We can start to do it more intentionally. Okay. So Abe, this is so good. Uh, what you're saying is pure gold. Um, obviously, you're talking about um, when you're able to to provide clarity, not only for yourself, but even for others. I mean, really, what you're doing is you're making expectations clear. It's what 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 clarity is actually doing is it's I would put it like this. You're creating peace all around you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, because people are on the same page of, okay, this is what the expectation is, or this is where we are, this is where we're going. Really what you're doing is you're minimizing friction, you're minimizing um, discomfort, you're minimizing miscommunication. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Yeah. When you manage expectations, you are able to really bring synergy in relationships and everyone knows their script. And if you don't, if you, if you don't know the script of how we're supposed to relate to one another, then Mm. you're going to be confused and people can't play when people Mm. can't play, they feel hurt or misunderstood or, Mm. you know, they want to be part of the same narrative of the storyline, but they can't join you if you don't make it clear. And if you don't know it for yourself, then how can you make it clear for other people? And so, wow. Wow. So good, Abe. Um, I love this. I think this is really helpful. I'm pretty sure people might have questions on, hey, man, I want to go on my clarity journey. Uh, How do I do this? Uh, And so I think this is really awesome, man. Um, I guess just even as we kind of wrap up uh, this episode on clarity and the power of clarity, um, I guess I just want to kind of leave the mic open for you. Is there any last thoughts that you have? maybe um, something that you would want to give to the listener um, that could be maybe a tool or a snippet, something that they could kind of really apply in their life in this year. Yeah. Um, You can have a lot of clarity, but at the end of the day, you have to execute. Mm. And so um, just pick, pick one thing that you find clarity in and how you can execute it in a very practical way. Mm. Um, cause if you live in execution, you're not gonna, you're not going to be in this place of what ifs you're going to start to really live it out and see it. Mm. Um, I, it, once you also see cl- clearly in your mind and your head, always document it, Wow. always put it on a piece of paper because mm. once you see it concretely on a whiteboard or on a journal, you're going to be able to mess around with it and you're not going to have to use your brain power to memorize it. You're going to be able mm. to use it, focus on creatively making the right solutions mm. uh, versus uh, trying to retain it. And you may not know that you're trying to retain it, but that there's unwanted um, 
energy usage on retaining it versus actually finding the right solution. So put it on a mm -hmm. piece of paper, put it on something concrete, and then you can mess, mess around with it. And at the end of the day, nothing can ever be clear enough where everything is, where, where there's true confidence in moving forward. You just have to almost take that faith step and just execute and see how people respond to it. Let the mm -hmm. market respond to it. Let, let the people adjust to what you are doing and communicating. Mm -hmm. and, and you can only know if it is clarifying in a good way. Or if it's mm. not, then you'll actually see the response of it. So, yeah. It's so good. Well, you guys, I'll just say this as we wrap up. Um, you know, when when Abe and I were talking about this this topic, I, I really felt that there was nobody better that I would personally want to talk about the power of clarity. Because um, to me, Abe is one of those people who really lives this out at, at great detail in his own life. And, you know, I would say... If there was anyone I know who really knows how to streamline better than anybody and kind of take one thing that it, that, that it is that they're pursuing and drill into it, you know, I've always felt like Abe kind of brought that value even into my own life. So I just want to say, Abe, appreciate you so much for taking the time uh, to do All this right. podcast, bro. And uh, as always, um, you guys, uh, I hope that this podcast brought you some sort of value or brought something to your life that was able to add to you. Um, again, if this is something that resonates with you or you really like and appreciate, would love for you to share this via social media. You can add a voice memo or a voice feedback if anything here spoke to you. Really appreciate you guys. God bless. Abe, you want to say goodbye, sir? See you guys later. <laughs> All right, guys. Take it easy. God bless. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.